Welcome, everyone, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. Here today to talk to you with our thoughts about the entirety of the fourth season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Indeed, Pete, it is nice to be looking back on this season of successes and, uh, of course, looking ahead to the full fifth season, those full 22 episodes that we have to look forward to. Pete, they're still in some quarters saying it hits in January, but you know what? I believe in spoiler, Pete. You promised 2017. I believe it'll be back in 2017. Yeah, Matt, we saw some evidence um, late last week, early this week, the idea of 22 straight, no breaks, that it would take place all in uh, 2018, which would... What's wrong with that, Pete? Why can't they do just 22 (laughs) straight weeks? Um, I cannot remember a time where that was done in a non-burn-off sense that, that wasn't shunted some other location like hey go online and watch the last five or or whatever it would be i mean we've seen 16 straight post writer's strike like lost did um a couple times but um literally they would have to begin the friday the first friday in january 22 straight weeks would get them into June. That is assuming no double ups. You know, here's here's a a two hour season opener. Here's a two hour finale. Um, is it possible? It is, and certainly Colpack is connected enough with the uh, production and and a guy that's going to have a higher degree of knowledge because he's going to have to uh, you know gear the effects for when they need them. However, until we see something official out of the studio, that's pretty much hearsay. Uh, the one tweet disappeared as well, um, which we've seen a couple times. The um, the producers and Mark Kolpak were also tweeting the night of the renewal. And then those went away, replaced by the S.H.I.E.L.D. account uh, giving the update. Pete, here's my take. And all due respect to Inhumans, I know we have a little concerns about showrunner Scott Buck and whatnot, but all due respect, all enthusiasm towards Inhumans, here's what I think. From the publicity point of view, the network does not want the prime Marvel audience saying... I can't wait for Inhumans to babysit the time slot until my Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. returns. Uh, Just from a publicity point of view, I don't think that that is the way that they want to bounce Inhumans, which I get. Inhumans is its own property, its own project, etc. To say Inhumans is on the schedule, and then after it has run its course, to then say... And it's going to finish... I don't have the date in front of me offhand, but it's something like November 15th. To then say, hey, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. returns next week. We can squeeze in six episodes before the holidays. Is a little deflating towards Inhumans. But I I think that's what they're going to do. Because what are they going to do? Leave the time slot empty for all those weeks? Or sit and run, you know, uh, holiday specials or, or, or whatnot? So I think it's just from the publicity point of view that they don't want to detract from Inhumans by saying, don't worry, S.H.I.E.L.D. fans, something, something, something. Then S.H.I.E.L.D. comes back in the late fall. You have 30 hours of programming scheduled for uh, Marvel on ABC Friday nights next year. That does not preclude any kind of overlap. Um Okay, maybe once upon a time is off a couple weeks. And in that area, uh, you bring in S.H.I.E.L.D. and Inhumans, especially the way that S.H.I.E.L.D. was handing off to Inhumans or seems to have been heavily handing off to them at the end of its fourth season here. Uh, so it's certainly going to be interesting to see. But listen, these are these are good problems to have, Matt, talking about when they would get their episodes in as opposed to not getting them in. So we, we got our fifth season. 
we got a full fifth season. I think we should uh, count our blessings and, uh, you know, what we intend to talk about today with the fourth season and then some speculation even about what will happen in the fifth season. Well, Pete, helping take us into that future are, of course, our pals on Patreon.com slash Fantastic Geek. Want to say thank you one more time to everybody who has gone there, who has checked it out, especially to those who have given help keeping the podcast alive, the, the past seasons, the future seasons, this present episode, hashtag it's all connected. Especially Mary Kirk there with the level that she donates at all of our Patreons. Uh, you fulfill our hopes and dreams. So get yourself to patreon.com slash fantastic geek with the PH all one word. Everybody who donates uh, earns exclusive podcast content. Uh, and there's all sorts of goodies after that, depending where you contribute at. So thanks again. And uh, you make every second of this easy and possible. Well, Pete, speaking of goodies, which of these pods from season four would you say was the goodiest? What was your favorite pod? Hands down the framework pod, which if I'm correct, did not have its own little subtitle. I mean, we had Ghost Rider, we had LMD. Was it Agents of Hydra? Uh, I think that looking back, you could call it Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agents of Hydra. I think that they probably, they didn't have it out there in the advertising quite as much. Probably, A, because it was a mouthful. B, to call it just, or to say Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agents of Hydra, it makes sense to us, the audience. To have it kind of out there on a poster or something. Did they change the name of the show? Is there this? Is there that? But I, I certainly look at it shorthand agents of hydra i think more properly agents of shield slash agents of hydra it was an absolute love letter to various points throughout the the four seasons thus far um it's amazing that if in some alternate universe matt i'm sure they would have gone to a framework pod um, they had to have been far enough out in the writing process, figuring out what they were going to do. But in that alternate universe where someone else won the election, it, it, it didn't connect. It is interesting. I mean, I think, I mean, how do I put this, Pete? Most people who dug the framework storyline, I think he also dug the social critique, um, and and the fact that the show not just went towards that storm, but went so close to it. I mean, whether you want to talk about the fake news or, or uh, Colson's speech about uh, standing up to fear, things of that sort. I give the show a ton of credit for going there. I'm sure along the way, and it's not a huge audience that we that that, that we as uh, Shield viewers contribute to the show, but I'm sure it must have lost some viewers along the way because they said, "Wait a minute, you're making fun of me. You're making it sound like my guy is actually Hydra." But I I applaud that that social commentary. Yeah, I mean, again, we do not want to be political, and I, I truly hope that our listeners understand that. I, I don't think you can throw out the, the baby with the bathwater here. This was very clearly a statement by the artists who uh, create this show and, and act on this show with lines like, nevertheless, she persisted, and alternative facts, and these types of things it it's just not as good matt in that alternate universe it i i really really feel that <laughs> um and it was so on top of everything that's gone on um hand to mouth that you know, you, you look back at the other ones, I definitely think they got stronger as the season went on. I, I spent a lot of time thinking about this the, the past couple of days. You know, did I prefer Ghost Rider over LMD? And I, I think I give the nod to LMD only because 
the trajectory as this season went along got greater and greater and greater. I don't think they ended as strongly as they could have, but boy, did that framework summation end well. Um, and again, they have to serve so many masters or so many moving parts. It, it would have been interesting to see had they been given a vague answer. You know, Jed Whedon has, has been on the record. We were told to write a season, not series finale. It would have been interesting to see, and we have covered shows where this has happened, where it, where it is both. It's write a finale. It might be the finale. And it wound up being the finale. I would be interested to see, I know we posited the, um, the John Hanna, Radcliffe, Scotch drop would have, would have been it. I don't think they would have gone with that. Um, so it would have been interesting to see what they might have chosen to go with. We'll never know. Now, again, we, we have the embarrassment of riches and, and another season and, um, but I went back and forth LMD versus ghost rider. I think ghost rider was so different from what they've done before. And we never could have ended the third season saying, Oh, they're going to do ghost rider to begin in the fourth season. It, it almost felt, um, out of nowhere. It worked. Um, and you cannot argue that it's not a better presentation of that character than the Nick Cage stuff. Um, but I, I just think the season came together that much better as they went along. I would be interested to go back and look at, well, look at the entire season again. Um, I, I agree that I think that the Ghost Rider uh, pod was my least favorite. Love them all, Pete, but it was my least favorite. I wonder, though, in retrospect, how much uh, of the Ghost Rider arc we would look back and say, uh, it was doing double duty. You know, I think of how Ada was kind of wandering in and out of those episodes. Um, not literally, but just kind of, there was a little bit of Ada here, a little bit of Ada there. And it kind of was this, uh, this curiosity. Uh, meanwhile, that was setting up the LMD storyline in a really, really hard, hard way. And then even more so for, uh, for the framework portion. Um, I think too, really, really smart decision to do the Robbie Reyes version of it, particularly if you're going to be bringing in or bringing back rather the watchdogs and kind of have some of that um, lesser social commentary, you kind of get to, you get to have some, some different faces on TV, some different representation. Um, you, you get to kind of touch on some of that stuff with Robbie Reyes without making it full force. Um, Similarly, I really enjoyed that there was the tip of the hat to Ghost Rider OG uh, mm -hmm. and that, that he was tapped by the original Ghost Rider. So you kind of, you know, if you're a fan of the original character, if you're a fan somehow of the, the Nick Cage movies or if you just remember seeing them, this is kind of, you know, adding to the grandeur of it all. Um, but for me, what I loved about the LMD storyline was how they pushed it and it was doubles and it was triples and it was quadruples. And it was just this madcap push, 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 push. And occasionally, Oh, there's a framework. There's a, this, there's a, that both of those two pods did set up for the, the, the triumphant third pod in, in just amazing and subtle ways. Definitely. I think back to the, the room full of, all the Daisy doppelgangers and what did we do? We returned to, to usage of that. So it, it was not only effective uh, the first time. And, and again, you don't know, we, we're going to use this in the finale where she's going to, you know, assassinate uh, Talbot. Um, but they put it in play there so it can happen later on. Well, Pete, in a season of favorites, who would you say was your favorite guest character, favorite recurring character? Who uh, who makes the grade for you? I went back and forth with this, but um, I, I can't look at everything they did in this season in Toto and not say that John Hanna um, as Dr. Radcliffe didn't add so much 
We talked about it in our regular episodic week-by-week recaps, but you consider when he came in in the spring in the third season and what he was as a character and, and to see what he would be for these characters, the, the surrogate father to Fitz, uh, of a major villain at one point in the, the larger overarching Darkhold situation, the, the creator of Ada and all that that led to. Um, he was so pivotal to this season and he's got to feel really grateful to the way uh, he, he was used throughout season four. He definitely was a huge, huge addition. And the notion that we were mourning his loss at the end after he was presented first kind of as a debonair anti-hero at the end of season three, then it became clear he was a baddie. Then he was kind of a debonair anti-hero and then back to being a baddie again, then a worsey, then, you know, what hath he wrought kind of thing. To be mourning his death at the end is uh, is quite a character arc. But for me, Pete, I think that my favorite recurring guest actor was Mallory Jansen. The idea that she carved out four different characters out of the same base model, if you will. I think of episode after episode early on where it was like, all right, well, she's very attractive. And in this episode, she was able to speak in a pleasant monotone voice and say pleasant things while wearing a suit jacket, which complimented her womanly nature. Okay, I guess I, yay, girl power? No, 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 that was actually set up so the character yeah. could then twist and twist and twist again. And the iterations, whether it was Agnes, whether it was Ada, whether it was uh, Ophelia, Madame Hydra, um, all built on built on this base model. I mean, as I know I've said before on some of the episodic podcasts, what a what a challenge, what a treat that must have been to her as an actress to say, you need to find different versions of this very similar person. Yeah, I mean, right right there with uh, with where I would have gone if not with Radcliffe. Um, to to think that she's i mean neutered isn't the word but just marginalized okay she's the robot at the beginning of the season it's going to be very interesting to go back and watch this season knowing where she goes and watching early on when she's the thing to when she explodes on the screen in those last few episodes and and so dominates the proceedings um, I have to give, uh, you know, honorable mention to two previous, you know, cast members, both in Brett Dalton and BJ Britt. Um, just again, that love letter nature of the, the framework pod being able to pull them back. Did we get everything we wanted in that, you know, we got Hunter and Bobby and, could you get Lucy Lawless back for more than the one episode they had her at the beginning of the second season and then killed her off? Absolutely. Um, would have been a lot of fun, but okay. We, we still got them. I, I still think the way that they left um, Ward in the framework, walking down that, you know, long tunnel there uh, was, was a super cool way uh, once you've seen it to know, all right, that's that's the last time we see him in the framework. The likelihood we're never going to see the, the character on the show again, I think, is high. But yet again, we have life model decoys now. So who's to say, you know, the the, the ward bot doesn't show up um, in, in season five? I have to admit, I'm surprised that that they didn't do more to bring him back. I know yeah. some people online have said, you know, maybe he has said things at conventions or whatever that have, that, that rubbed the producers the wrong way. I don't know about that stuff. I'll, I'll judge the guy for his, uh, for his presentation on screen. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if he said things to annoy his bosses, guess what? We all have bosses. We all need to not say things to annoy our bosses. It's as simple as that. Um, I don't know whether that was a factor or not, 
certainly we had spoken in the past how the Ward character and unfortunately the Brett Dalton presence on the show had kind of run its course in the previous uh, seasons. The fact that they were able to bring him back and the fact that they were able to redeem a version of the character, I totally dug. Um, and you know what, Pete, in retrospect, I'm glad that they didn't do a, a, a cattle call of here's Lucy Lawless and here's Adrian Palicki. Would have liked to see Nick Blood. I was convinced that we would see him. And then yeah. these episodes came back and came back and came back and he wasn't there. But in retrospect, the arc was so tight that if you had an episode where it was anybody who ever died in the show, they're right. back. It just would have been a reunion episode as opposed to, oh, man, Pete, it's Bakshi. And he's kind of being a little harassy to those ladies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. A, a this little? is awful. <laughs> a little, you know. Slightly. Um, yeah, it, it, it was, it, it was not perfect. It was very, very good though. And yeah, sometimes you have to kill your darlings. You have to resist that urge to go back and pay service to all these other characters that we've lost and, and bring them in and, and everything like that. Um, I still think there are opportunities in what remains of the show's run um, to service some of the hanging story threads that have happened throughout the, uh, the four seasons as they exist. But, you know, nothing's perfect in the, the scheduling of TV and everything like that. They obviously did not have answers when they were, uh, you know, going along in terms of the writing and production. Well, Pete, why don't you hop in your time machine? What would you like to have seen differently from the season, done differently? If if we go back and all of a sudden it's a show run by old Pete, what do you say? <laughs> um, so thought a lot about, um, again, had the results of the 2016 presidential election been different in our world how would that have affected the the framework pod? And again, very confident that they would have done a framework, but it it just would have been some strange alternate universe where Hydra won. It took on so much more significance in light of what was going on um, in our country and actually geopolitically w w with everything that's that's gone on. Thank you, by the way, France. But um, I think I would have liked to have seen them um, be a little bit tighter on the Robbie Reyes thing. It feels like, okay, we've wrapped up our first eight episodes of the year and the thing that it was about, he's gone now. And yes, he can come back, but he's gone. And I, I know they played the previously on um, audio over his reemergence from the dark dimension with the portal there of, Oh, I Colson saying, I don't think we've seen the last of Robbie Reyes, but we had no idea at the time that that would be the case. And you leave it open-ended. Otherwise you, you definitively decide that the guy's gone. And obviously when he went someplace, it, it could be a graviton situation, Matt, because we're still waiting on that one. Would have been nice to see him weave back in in that second pod and keep him in play because he kind of does feel like a ghost rider in the machine, pun intended, when he pops up. He's, he's a deus ex machina. I, I agree. I would have liked to see some different stuff in that ghost rider pod um overall the pod i think was very very well done there were a couple episodes where it was like you know we'd get done with the episode and i would text you and be like so so are things starting to slip like if this is the last season are they starting to starting to give up um maybe some of that was just because the the storyline that they came up with um, you have to have Ghost Rider, so you have to have something kind of, you know, supernatural to it. Um, and uh, to head, you know, to head, 
Pete, here's what I'm trying to say. Uh, some of the ghost scientists were pretty awful. The episodes <laughs> weren't great. The effects weren't great. I didn't feel particularly connected to those stories. Um, it's a it's a fun bit of business when you have, oh, no, we've been turned into g -g -g ghosts. Uh, and they can't see us and we can't see them and uh, things of that sort. But it, it was, I don't know. I don't want to say it was off base of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Fine. They went a slightly magical route. Guess what? In an MCU where you can have magic you can have technology you can have technology so advanced it seems as magic and you can have space and part of what makes the mcu great is that it has all these different corners and if shield wants to touch in the different the different uh, portions uh, of that that's more than fine it just wasn't executed as sharply as the other two i don't know how much of that's on the page and how much of it came across from a performance standpoint i have to say i was certainly influenced by your reception of it but yeah it it was not great um the the idea of ghosts as opposed to extra dimensional beings i think might have been something we could explore a little bit more fully um, and maybe make it a little bit less cheesy. Well, Pete, let's now look ahead to season five. I guess the best indication, the best thing that we know for sure, Coulson in space. Pete, let's start huh. with this. Is Coulson alone in space or are there other agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in space? I think he has been separated from the main group. Um I think he's there to do a job. Uh, I was thinking a lot about this as well. You know, we, we have the whole Cree blood Tahiti thing with him. Um, Daisy shares a little bit of that heritage. And I think certainly as, as the younger draw on the show, they may include her in wherever they are. But I'm very confident they have been split apart. How very interesting to hear that, uh, because I don't agree. I think that we're going to find, maybe not in the first episode, but by the end of the second episode. Space Fitzsimmons with I, I helmets on? I think we're going to see all of them. The whole tease is going to be, where is everybody, which they've done before, and that's a perfectly fine tease. Um, and it's going to be, they've all been bought up by the larger company, you know, that now they're, they're agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., agents of S.W.O.R.D., and it's like, how do we get back to being agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Um, and that's, that, that's the pod and whether we're going to do 22 episodes through or whatever, you know, that'll be what that'll be. Um, I definitely hope that they keep the three pod structure. It was fantastic. Um, I mean, listen, if, if they're going to run, let, let's take it on face value that they're going to run 22 straight, then, you know, you, you can certainly have pieces you can have pods uh but who says it has to be two uh i'm sorry two who says it has to be three two divisions uh but be between the three pods you could do a, a, a couple fives in there and then segue into a, another idea you know they they did a little bit of this previously you, you go back to the the mavith storyline um, and some of the title cards that that jumped out in in a really unorthodox way in season three, where I think the the show both had its footing and found its footing again, if that makes sense. But I, I don't think you can't look at season four and look at it as the best season of this show, given the highs they were able to get to the, the turn to Hydra in season one is good. The um, inhuman mystery and, and the, the Daisy transformation stuff in season two is good. Season three, you know, has some, some dribs and drabs uh, and, and then season four with, with ultimately how they're able to, you know, break your, your heart with some of the, serious developments and some of the places they're able to push the characters. I think of the Fitzsimmons stuff. I think of, uh, of Mac, I think of, um, Coulson and, and may and their burgeoning romance, which it's only to make more sense if they've been split up for me in season five. 
I, 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 I'm very excited at the prospect of maybe more than three pods. And indeed, I have to wonder if some of the less perfect portions of the Ghost Rider arc were maybe just a basic creative um maybe they were at a place creatively where the story they wanted to tell for ghost rider was a seven episode arc and they were told we need eight you know maybe it was a six episode story and we need it whatever it might be um and i mean again you know hindsight is 2020 and and i'm totally sympathetic to they're doing this on a schedule and there is a a business slash factory portion to everything but my point being to, if they're saying, all right, we don't need to worry about schedule. We don't need to worry about pods. We can just divide it up how we need to. Or maybe not pods is the wrong We don't need to worry about where on the schedule we are being. Um, maybe when you're halfway through uh, Agents of Space, you go, you know what? This is actually, the, you know, let, let's cut this short by an episode. Or let's extend this by an episode because we're getting really good stuff. And um, it can breathe the way it needs to. So... There's that too, Pete. You you want to start in 2018, and uh, and it starts in January. Maybe there's that that storytelling flexibility of make it what you want to, and then after you do a two episode arc, let's do a three episode arc. Kind of on the cheap. Agents of oh no, we're trapped in the mine <laughs> because we're saving money for later because they cut the 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 budget by ten percent. So agents of we tell stories of our childhood. One thing I would definitely like to see, and we've had it several times, and it makes sense thematically to move away from it, this idea that S.H.I.E.L.D. has yet again failed the world and is on the run. I think the presumed shift to S.W.O.R.D., whatever their integration may or may not be with that, Take it literally. This is an opportunity to go on the offensive rather than out of the shadows and and defensive that they've been for so long on this show. Pete, let's take a look at what some of our listeners are saying about the season. We start with our pal Mary Kirk. That's at Geek Kirk on Twitter. She says, best season yet. Love the way it was divided into pod storylines. And holy moly, the acting this season was stellar. Yeah, I I can't agree more. Uh, Mary knows her stuff, so it's not surprising. Um, and it, you know, it's it's the old sequel Empire Strikes Back theory for me. Um, you can only do so much when you introduce characters, but once we get to know them, um, we chase them up the tree, we throw rocks at them in the tree, and then we've got to get them out of the tree somehow. And and that was the best of season four. Uh, also on Twitter, we have Bob Keeley. That's R. Keeley on Twitter. Uh, he said, he uh, I really like the three-pod structure, and Mallory Jensen was a great addition uh, this season. The framework was a good way to shake things up and have a, quote, dream sequence, close quote, that had consequences in the regular Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. world. And Pete, I think that's, that bears repeating yeah. that it's, it's rare that a drama can have something pretend happen and you're okay with it uh they were able to do that with this and have the alternate reality which wasn't through the vortex or through the other vortex and it's real and it's not real and it's a flash sideways into this you know it was simultaneously 100 percent authentically unreal and also very very real um and, and, and as Bob said, we had a dream sequence with consequences in the real world. Fantastic. They took the nightmares back with them into reality, and, and that was made very clear right away. The way that uh, Fitz had this guilt over being um, a, a framework Hitler. Pete, also on Twitter, is Jen Phillips. That's uh, JenPhillips721. And Pete, she reminds us of something that I, I must admit – I'm glad Jen brings this up uh, because it's something that was part of the fourth season that we did not talk about. And it's her second point. Her first point, Robbie Reyes' Ghost Rider intro was excellent. Second, Pete, how many parts were there to the fourth season? Three. How about, as Jen notes, three pod arcs plus slingshot? 
Yes. Um, and it's funny. I, I read that tweet and I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, again, the embarrassment of riches that we had and, and what kept us going after that first pod ended. The the Webby Award winning, um, you know, series uh, that, that gave Mark Kolpak his directorial debut, gave Joe Casada his directorial debut and was an absolute delight to watch um really interested to see does um natalia cordova buckley get a you know full-on um series promotion for season five uh do they continue to utilize her as a as a super supporting actress um but you know the the way that they've moved Mac into the regular cast and, and what Henry Simmons has been able to do with a guy who came in as a mechanic that we had such great concerns was going to get killed off at the end of the season um, makes me super anxious and interested to see what remains for Yo-Yo. She absolutely must be brought up to the main cast. I'm sure that there are on some level, there are cost considerations because that means you have to pay her for every episode. I'll note Mallory Jensen, who was in so many episodes, not not a member of the cast. So I guess that's per you know a, a per episode thing. We certainly you know I'm fine with all these people making making the money that's due to them. Um, but she's earned it. She's earned it as a character. She's earned it as an actress. And Slingshot was so novel in that. On the one hand, you could be a little pessimistic and say, eh, it was a 35-minute episode that they made for nothing. The production value wasn't, you know, super there. Or you could you could see the seams where it goes, where, where we go, this is the day where we're going to have Chloe Bennett in to do her scene. You could be pessimistic, but as you said, Pete, embarrassment of riches, we got this thing to keep us going in between the breaks. Um... I hope they do more of those and it doesn't need to be a super, you know, a super incredible story or, or super expensive story. You can just give us those character moments because I'll take that uh, versus versus nothing. It's funny. We've really kind of moved past the web series as gap filler era that I, I think was greatly a way to drum up viral interest and for them to make one and to make it as compelling for what it was with all of the regulars this this could have been yo-yo and the b team and then forget the seams matt we'd be like all right it's shield red shirt number two with a goatee gee who's getting out of this scene him or yo-yo you're right it was for, for it was made with the best intentions and with the best foot forward and uh the best execution yeah absolutely just to finish up the thoughts here from jen uh she notes superb acting and vfx and then last but not least pete philinda broken heart emoji cry <laughs> emoji cry emoji frustrated emoji pete it's all about Will they or won't they? Pete, will they drink the bottle of Hague or they won't they? They already did, man. They already <sighs> did. They need a new bottle. They need a new bottle to explain what happened with the old bottle and then a <laughs> bottle to to digest that. Well, Pete, that's it for the Twitters. How about the Faces book? On Facebook.com forward slash Fantastic Geek with the PH, Matt, we have a number of comments. First up was John Stewart, who asks, do we know that Ivanov is dead? I mean, his head is in a jar somewhere, and he's probably happy to be rid of Ophelia so that he can do his own thing. Um, it was something I had not considered that they could keep him in play for that. Um, so whether or not they want to return to it, that that's certainly a way to go. I know that the, uh, as we've discussed before, the actor, uh, is, uh, has been scooped up for a, uh, a movie, uh, with a little bit of, uh, controversy, but that's a story for a separate day. Who doesn't look like anything like the guy who what invented surfing or whatever. Um, 
but again that'll that'll live and die on its own uh on its own watch that of course does not preclude uh the actor from being available for the show uh heck chloe bennett's doing a movie this summer and uh you know we expect her bright and early back at those uh those uh studios in august when they start filming so time will tell i think it's one of those things i think genuinely genuinely they knew they didn't kill him off and if they need to go back and grab it they can um but they my suspicion is it's 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 save it for a rainy day and hope that there's no rainy days also on Facebook, Matt Andrew Stevenson writes in. He says, I was hoping for a really rede- redeeming hero save for Ward more than what he got. All in all, great finale. Uh, he followed up uh, to our response there that there seemed to be a lot of uh, – uh, viewers hoping for that. There were a lot of story points to service with True Enough. Great podcast. Thanks again. Well, Pete, it of course continues to be our pleasure to be podcasting this show. 88 episodes in, another 22 plus ahead. Back to Facebook, Matt. Jeremy Richards, all the way from down under, writes in I'm glad they didn't overly sugarcoat Ward in the finale. One, they needed to service so many other relationships. And two, I was almost disappointed at the 11th hour save of Mac. I almost would have been happier for him to be lost in the framework, but of course love his character. I'm mean, glad him and his shotgun axe will return to our screens for another season. Pete, I had originally thought that there would be some sort of uh last moment to see ward you know in in the season finale or or penultimate episode so did entertainment weekly (laughs) true enough um i think though with the notion you know if it was something like and ward leads the rebellion with trip at his side or trip leads the rebellion with ward at his side ward could be bucky and and uh trip could be captain america regardless that made sense until in retrospect if they're shutting down the um the framework as we saw happen and we got one more echo of and the adventure continues until they turn off the holodeck and they're all dead all their pixels stop pixelating that would have been a little counterintuitive so i guess in retrospect i'm glad we didn't get that he was just kind of able to to fade off um but as you said pete who knows about the future there could be ward's twin brother there could be clone ward (laughs) There, I mean, Pete, it's a show about a guy who is dead and can't that you can't make a show about. <laughs> yeah. Um, and people had written him off as as irredeemable. Um, Jeremy Richards wrote in one other time, a little bit more of a season long um, post. Uh, he said he could, just could not wait until it's time to listen to our season ending summary of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Key themes for him. He hoped we would discuss one minor quibble, the lack of Ward in the season finale, but explainable by him being allowed for one episode. Uh, At least we got that. Um, Please discuss as much as possible whilst not alienating opposing view-holding listeners the fine allegory that the latter third of the season was towards the current government situation in the U.S. It's interesting that we have an Aussie uh, writing in with this and, and certainly picking that up in another country and any chance of referring to the framework as fake news three, please discuss how well constructed the season was what a risk. The three pod structure was, has it been done in any other series that you know of and, uh, how it was possible, how it was possibly saved, how it has possibly saved this show. Sorry. Um, and introduce life into others for this season and maybe more. Four, can we please talk about the cinema class visual effects shown this season? Um, and with your frequent contact with the VFX master, any chance of getting an interview with him on your show? Uh, please also give three hours or so or more if you think it worthy to discussing the exemplary efforts and skill of Aussie Mallory Jansen. Six, acting, 
masterclass, John Hanna, discuss. Well, I am I am glad that some of that we all uh, we have already touched on. It's great I to think see that we've the... mentioned every single thing that Jeremy brought up, and I'm reading this live to Matt. He's not seen this because I I'm the Facebook. Great minds think alike. Uh, uh, it is interesting the uh, the shall we say universality of the uh, the allegory and. As I said earlier, I'm sure that it turns some people off and there must have been at least a passing discussion from dispassionate studio people who who are concerned on the business end, not the creative end. We want to have a product people get into. I don't know, it could be the, you want to do agents of puppies or you want to do agents <laughs> of, you know, uh, squid face Can we please have an agents of puppies? <laughs> It, that would be a fun uh, a fun web thing, you know. It's Puppy Colson. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. That they not be that that would be cloying, Matt. No, that there be some kind of dog uh, mission, something like that. I mean, just just with all of the the high drama and and everything that's that's gone on, something light. I mean, nothing is over the top as a musical episode. Please, God, no. But. Uh, yeah, take the take the foot off the gas, maybe, for one episode. Pete, here's here's the story. Here's here's how it goes. Um, some magical baddie. I will admit I don't have a deep uh, a deep knowledge of uh, of the Marvel bench when it comes to the magical end. But magical baddie shows up, waves his or her magic wand or whatever, and. Um, and for the rest of the episode, they're all in puppy form. So kind of like, look who's talking style. No, if Clark Gregg no, no, no. going, it doesn't, it doesn't work with with them as as puppies. It it, it, it doesn't. I'm sorry. Um, if if we're gonna go that and 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 go that route and and try to do something like that, then I gotta go all in on season five, and I want Mark Colpack after doing Hive. I want Modok. John Hodgman as Modoc is something that Mr. Hodgman has asked for, and I call upon the producers of Agents of Shield to give us John Hodgman as Modoc, season five of Agents of Shield. There you go. Pete, with that, our Agents of Shield podcast feed will uh, will start to go on its own hiatus in space. Um, of course, as we hear any news over the summer, we will update the uh, the feed, I'm sure. Come uh, San Diego Comic-Con, we'll hear some particulars. Heck, Pete, looks like New York Comic-Con will, will be before there are new episodes as well. So we, of course, look forward to bringing you news from there. Um, if you listen to us on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, we have uh, plenty of goodies ahead of us. We're going to be talking about the, the TV landscape as a whole in coming weeks gonna have some star trek going on uh some other goodies ahead of us for this summer pete we've we've sketched out the year until the end of december <laughs> plenty of stuff to podcast our dance card is full at the end of last year i had already tallied up um 68 hours of tv that we would be podcasting in uh 2000 17 uh we we love doing it we love that you continue to tune in to listen to us do this so uh we'll be bringing in more inhumans uh there's more of a trailer coming uh very soon um we will uh continue to bring you uh star trek discovery um we have spider-man homecoming coming up uh there's a dc movie i think floating around out there i may have uh you know heard about so yeah definitely looking forward to to wonder woman spider-man you know it's a great great time to be alive pete it is and uh you know whether you're on the pop culture feed and you get everything we do or whether you want to pick and choose oh yeah and then there's the next episodic uh Marvel offering we're going to give you at the end of August, August 18th, the defenders that that feeds not, uh, not popped up just yet, Matt. It, it's on its way. It is on its way. And we will, uh, if nothing else, Pete, that'll be an opportunity to let all our shield fans know that there's uh there's something doing over there. Yeah. On that, on that, uh, 
that island there in New York. So lots going on. We hope sincerely that you will uh, will shift around with us if you're not uh, minding the the flagship as a whole. And we look forward to bringing it all to you. Yeah, we're definitely always aware that uh, our Agents of Shield audience is uh, is the mothership, just as Agents of Shield is the mothership for Marvel TV. So always appreciative. To all your listeners, so glad that uh, these 88 plus times, you know, we have we've had mid season this and end of season that. Uh, so 88 plus times we've been able to get together to talk about this super fun show, and uh, looking forward to continuing it next year. Pete, for people who want to be in touch, how can they be in touch with you? You can find me on Twitter at Peter P I E T E R J K L A R K E T E L A A R. 9,283 followers can't be wrong. And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, please be in touch with the podcast anytime you want to talk any of this geeky goodness. We are Fantastic Geek, that is fantastic with the P and the H, fantasticgeek.com, fantasticgeek at gmail.com, fantasticgeek on Twitter and Instagram as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com forward slash Fantastic Geek, all one word, of course, with the PH. Um, Matt, we were super fortunate to have been uh, featured by one of our listeners on another podcast. Yes, Pete. Stephanie, who's uh, at Bad Wolf Bay 87, uh, was uh, kind enough to, uh, to endorse our podcast when she was on Pod Digest. Uh, the podcast digest, of course, uh, pod digest is their, uh, their Twitter. And, uh, she's been with us since the beginning of shield and, uh, just, just incredibly kind in the words that, uh, that she said to said about us, Pete, she has her own podcast. Uh, that's uh, Gotham lights at Gotham lights on Twitter. And, uh, Pete, I know that, I know that we didn't stick with Gotham as long, maybe as we should have certainly, uh, between her enthusiasm and, uh, some of the, uh, the interactions, uh, we had seen the panel, the the Gotham panel this past year at, uh, at New York comic-con, I feel like she's, she's lit a fire under us to maybe give Gotham a second look on, uh, on Netflix and whatnot. So big thank you there to Stephanie at Bad Wolf Bay 87 for, uh, for sharing the podcast love. Thanks so much, Stephanie. It was really, really flattering to uh, to have you recommend us. Um, th- this has been a uh, an endeavor for you know Matt and for me that you know continues to just give back to us in spades. Well, on that note, Pete, on that warm and fuzzy note, I will say as we uh, conclude the fourth season here, thank you once again, one and all, for your continued support and your continued listenership. And uh, I will say adios to all our listeners for this season, but give you, Pete, the final word. All right, spoiler, Pete. Enough sightseeing. Time to get back to work. <laughs>